Hello and welcome back to History from the Big Chair. I'm your host, Chloe, and with me once again today is the one, the only... <sighs> Brendan. You don't yeah. sound very excited. I'm... I that sounded very frustrated. <laughs> this is this is a heavy topic to tackle. Well, you know that come at it with a better come at it with a better attitude. <laughs> There's a lot of anxiety here. Fun. I just want, I want to get this thing right. <laughs> you will. I don't see why not. Yeah, yeah. So today, today we're going to be talking about. I don't know, just some album. I don't know if you heard of it. It's called Songs of the Big Chair. Yeah, it was kind just something those guys from yeah, it's something those guys from graduate made that like got popular or something. Yeah, so yeah. today we'll be talking about songs from the big chair. Um there's a chance in this episode that we might only talk about side A. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um Definitely see how it goes. So I, sh- I should ask, um, how's it going? <laughs> it's going. How about you? I got my Saturnine vinyl from Denmark. Wow. Plays beautifully. Sounds great. Looks nice, very nice. nice. Looks very nice. And I just wanted to clear up a few mistakes I made in the singles episode. Okay, go right ahead. So... Um, I mentioned that the B-side, When in Love with a Blind Man, was unproduced. That's mm-hmm. not true. C-Song okay. was unproduced. Oh, okay. C-Song was just a recording that um, they made, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That, wow. That's just all there is to that. And the other mistake, I guess it's a mistake, this was just something I didn't know. But um, the song Empire Building, I was speculating where the vocal samples are from. They're from the movie Breaker Morant. Right, right. From 1980. Because um, Roland mentions them in the Saturday Night Ladder Notes. So I decided to look the film up. It's on YouTube and it's free in full. Went to the transcript and looked up a few things that are said in the song. Okay, well, you know, I got matches, listened to it, played back, boom, perfect. So nice, nice. there's that. So I will say one thing, though, that I did learn from this Dave Bascom interview is that um, obviously I believe is dedicated to Robert Wyatt if he's listening. And um, his wife rang, I guess, one of them all very well dedicating it to him. But why don't you make him some effing money? <laughs> <laughs> so they... Covered C song and they nailed it. Yeah, very much. And that that one was unproduced. So wow, that's really good for it being unproduced. Yeah, it's just a flat recording they made that they didn't touch, which is kind of crazy considering how good it sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. But yeah, would you get your vinyl, which I assume will be any day now? Let me know how it sounds because I think it sounds really good. I just really wonder what the source was for this, whether they just used a flat digital transfer or actually sourced from original tapes, which I don't think so. You know, yeah, this is that's... just this is just some random thing Mercury 
you know, so who knows? I'd like to think they used original tapes because it sounds really good, but I don't know. Yeah. It's really just cool, though, having you know, the ability to listen to New Star and, like, a full 12-inch LP. Yeah. Stuff like Deja Vu and the Sins of Science. Uh, Ashes to Ashes on, like, a proper Tears for Fears release instead of just being on that Ruby Tracks compilation. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's just an an awesome item, and it's crazy that we have this on vinyl over reissues of Elemental and, I guess, vinyl releases of Raul and Happy Ending because they've never really been out before. There's, like, those promo copies of Happy Ending that I know you've seen around for, what, like, 10,000, 5,000? Those red mm-hmm. vinyl? Yeah, so... Hopefully, this is an indicator for more down the road. That'd be cool. Give yes. us Elemental. Give us Raul. Give us Happy Ending. Give us Tom Katz and Mayfield. You know, just give us everything. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I agree one hundred percent. Yeah. Very nice to have, and I wish it came out in the U.S. because I wouldn't have had to pay that much. But <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm looking forward to getting it. Like you said, it should be any day, so we shall see. Yep, we shall see. Anyway, so I got a lot to say. Yeah, I've talked. (laughs) So, take it away. Songs for the Big Chair is Tears for Fears' hit album. It's their biggest. It was their second studio album, and it came out February 25th, 1985. Um,. I had a lot of stuff to say. <laughs> oh, um, I so I guess before I get into like numbers and whatnot, um, I did a poll over on Instagram and Twitter. I don't know if you did it on Facebook. I don't think you did. Uh, no, I have people, a lot of I have a lot of issues with that platform. I don't know how to navigate. <laughs> uh, so basically, I I asked people um, their favorite song from Songs of Mitchell. Once again, we got twenty responses. So. I worry that these results won't be very telling, but I'll still share them. So, 20 results. So, 10% said shout. 20% said the working hour. 15% said everybody wants to rule the world. 5% said mother's talk. 5% said I believe. 5% said broken. Amen. 15% said head over heels. And Listen takes lead with 30%, which I find to be very shocking. That was the one I think would have the least. I thought you were going to say zero, but I was adding up the numbers in my head. I'm like, hey, that has the most. Yeah. That's I was kind awesome. of intrigued. That's awesome. Yeah. I love Listen. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's a beautiful arrangement. I'm glad. Very uh, original. I'm glad our followers like it so much because that's... um. That's like the least hit song from that thing out of the eight. So it just shows you how real us fans are, man. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Rule the world with 15, though. That's kind of shocking. It's interesting. Well, it was only three people out of 20. So yeah, I mean, yeah, there you go. I guarantee yeah, so... if we did like a larger poll, it probably would have won. Exactly. <laughs> so charting for this album, it hit number one in the United States, Germany, and Canada. Um, and because I'm so well-versed in the 1985 chart history for Songs of the Victor, uh, in the United States, um, it hit number one on July 13th, 1985, which might also be 
recognizable as the date for Live Aid. So I think that's kind of interesting that those both happened on the same. Yeah. Day. Not that it means anything, but it's like, oh, nice Live Aid. They didn't they didn't show up for Live Aid, but hey, they hit number one <laughs> in the U.S. Um, and then on the year end chart for 1985, Songs to the Big Chair or for Billboard 200, I should specify, uh, Songs to the Big Chair was number ten, meaning it was a top ten album for that year. Wow. Yeah. Now, in terms of certifications, we have quite a few. France and Germany, Songs to the Big Chair was certified gold. In Hong Kong, Netherlands, and New Zealand, it was certified platinum. In the UK, it was three times platinum. United States was five times platinum. But surprisingly, I thought United States would take the lead. Surprisingly, it was Canada with seven times platinum. Wow, that's... That's a lot of platinums. <laughs> it's impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. And so then, I suppose before we dive into the music now, so get in the logistics um, personnel. So we have Roland Orzabal, in case you need a clarification, on vocals, keyboards, guitars, and then he does synth bass and lindrum programming for Shout, uh, as well as grand piano for I Believe. Then we have Kurt Smith. He does vocals, bass, and then synth bass for Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Um, next up is Ian Stanley. Keyboards, Lindron programming, and of course, arrangements for Listen. And then Manny Elias on drums and drum arrangement for The Working Hour. Now going into additional personnel. I'm going to go song by song here. Um, shout. Chris Hughes on drums and Sandy McLelland on backing vocals. Um, if you have any comments, of course, you can jump in if you'd like. Yeah, I just wanted to say um, those acoustic drums you hear Chris Hughes play, those are the fills. Yes. Yeah, those were, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Manny <laughs> does not do any fills on this song. No. He does on the other songs, though. Um, no, yeah. You were gonna say something. <laughs> yeah, so a great place to actually hear that broken up is the classic albums documentary. You know, Chris and Dave are at the console and they're going through the multi tracks for shout and they actually separate the acoustic drums compared to the program drums. It's actually quite fascinating. I haven't watched it since um twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. So I <laughs> I need to rewatch it. I have it in my Google Drive, so I could. Yeah. I have it too. On um, my Google Drive. <laughs> Hopefully you don't hear me eating. I'm eating lasagna right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay, cool. Uh, hey, guys, I'm eating lasagna. Hopefully lasagna from the picture. Yes, lasagna from the picture. Um, everybody wants to roll the lasagna. Anyway, uh, terrible joke. I'm not funny. Um, lasagna hour. I lasagna. <laughs> Lasagna's talk. <laughs> Lasagna's talk. And then my favorite, lasagna. Anyway, <laughs> this... <laughs> This isn't a lasagna podcast. This is a Teenage for Fears podcast. No, uh, where was I? The working hour? Um, we have Andy Davis, who was a corgi. Yes. He does grand piano. Then we have Mel Collins on sax, as well as William Gregory. But specifically, he does like the sax solos kind of near the end there. I'm pretty sure, at least. Um, I, I, let's talk about William for a second. Just very briefly, I think he has a super specific style to his saxophone playing. He kind of just goes ham. He just kind of yeah. goes at it. And I, I think the best it. 
the best example of his of his sax playing is when you watch scenes, and it's the link between I believe to the working hour. Exactly. Yeah, you just kind of, he you, you go, man. We love yeah, him really. Is, this is obviously uh, Will Gregory of Goldfrap fame, yes, who has won. Yes. I think he's won songwriting awards since. Wow. Good for him. Good for him. Shout out to William Gregory. Yeah. Shout out to Will Gregory. Hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag not sponsored. He also (laughs) popped up on the Seeds of Love tour, should be noted. You know, I don't think he plays. Yeah. If you watch Going to California, you'll see him in the background. I, you know, once again, I haven't seen that since 2020. Yeah, he's he's on that tour. A lot of these things I haven't seen since, like, I was a brand new fan and taking everything in for the first time. Well, this podcast. So I need to. Yeah, give a give a rebirth to everything. Yes, I need to bring it back into circulation. Um, and then continuing with the working hour, we have Jerry Murata. Uh, he's credited for percussion and sax arrangements. I love that guy. Yep. Peter Gabriel. (laughs) Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, drum trombone. Like he's probably like. I knew you were gonna say some other artists that you love. Yeah. Uh, everybody wants to rule the world. We have, of course. Neil Taylor on the guitar solo outro. Crazy good. <laughs> Banger. Banger. And then Chris Hughes um, is credited for Lindrum and MIDI programming. Yeah, there's some MIDI guitars in there, isn't there? Probably. No, so. uh, probably not. Probably there's something. Not. In, there's something in there. Um, Mother's Talk, the only additional personnel we have for this one is Stevie Lange. Is it Lange? Either Stevie Lange or Stevie Lang, like you know the actress Jessica Lang. Yeah, I want to say Lange, but hey man, it might be Lange. If anyone wants to correct us, I mean, yeah. go ahead. I guess um, it's credit for backing vocals. Then I believe uh, we have William Gregory, of course, on sax. Broken. We have Neil Taylor on guitar. Insanely good again. He's a really good guitarist. <laughs> He also, all over the seeds of love, does the woman in chains guitars, does the year of the knife lead, Batman song. I'm pretty sure Batman song. He put he does the solo, but I could be wrong. Neil Taylor is still alive, right? Yes. Okay, that's what still I thought. Tours. Shout out to Neil Taylor. Yeah, he still tours and he still uh, records music. He had a really good song out about maybe seven, eight, nine years ago called Paper Kite. It's a really good song. You should, you should check that one out. He's got some good solo music. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Um, what did I say? Broken? Broken. Okay. Next up is the ever-so-loved Head Over Heels. We have Andy Davis again, the Corgi. Shout out to the Corgis. He was also in, uh, should we know, he was Stackridge? also in Stackridge, Stackridge yep. with uh, James Warren. Yep, shout out to James Warren. <laughs> I'm just going to shout everyone out this time. I love you, James Warren. We especially love which music video was it? I genuinely loved that music video. Uh, it was uh, song for time, Dom. Time. Song for Dom. I yeah. loved that music video so much. Yeah, I still do. I love it. It it makes me so happy. <laughs> it really does. Um, and then, um, oh yeah, continuing on he- continuing on head over heels. Um, Marilyn Davis. Annie McCaig and Sandy McLellan on backing vocals, and I can only assume that's the La La's part. Since yeah. That's, yeah. And then last but not least, Marilyn Davis is also credited for the operatic vocals on Listen. Yes, and Roland Orr's 
for vocal stylings, which is that end part. Um, yeah, where he does the, the high. Yeah. Is it pitched, or is he doing that? We don't know. Probably pitched. Mm, I don't yeah, know, never though. Because I, I know he could probably do it. I mean, all we know <laughs> is for sure it's Roland, definitely. Yeah, it's Roland, 100%. But, like, yeah, well, I yeah. just don't know. Even even back in 2020, I asked Nikki about it. And she was like, I, it, she said, I wasn't recording with them at the time, but I'm pretty sure it is Roland. And I was like, awesome. Yeah. I think Kurt said something in a uh, Tim's Twitter listening party yeah, of being Roland. Yeah. I love those things, by the way. Tim Burgess I, from the Charlatans does those. I love those things. And they're I actually have Twitter. All, I missed they're that, all man. they're all replayable on Tim's website. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Noted. That's why, that's why I had to go back and do all the supergrass ones that I missed. <laughs> <laughs> those are good good fun. I like those things. Yeah, so are you ready to dive into some music? I am. Alright, you can go ahead and kick us off, Mr. Right. Man. Alright, so basically, you know. It's 1985, right? You know, you just go to your local Tower Records. I don't know what stores were around in England or whatever. You just go to your local record store. You get this album called Songs from the Big Chair. You know, you take it home, put on a turntable, you drop the needle, and the first song you hear is Shout. Great album opener. Let me just Fan- say. Fantastic album opener. This is, oh, I was going to say it's their best opener, but Woman in Chains exists. True. And Raul and King's, ugh. And everyone's, oh, I don't know. One of their best. I think all their albums have awesome openers. Absolutely. Like, look at those. I forgot No Small Thing. Yeah. (laughs) Like, uh, I, yeah. And um, The Hurting. The the Hurting. Yeah. This band never fails an album opener, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Like, it's amazing. Now, the thing about Shout is it's a great album opener. But a phenomenal concert closer. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like it's like a bookend, basically. Yeah. So continue on with whatever it was you were going to say. Um, this was like I said, this was deemed the song of summer in 1985. Right? Um, it's never like been a favorite favorite. Like I could say top five favorite, top fifteen probably, which I think is still pretty good. That's pretty good out of like 117 For, songs. I have it memorized. <laughs> yeah. Wow, because because I think I don't know about top fifteen, maybe top thirty, because they have such a large discography, and most of their hits don't make my like the top of my list. But um, well, here's the I, thing: when I say one seventeen, I count. I, I for certain songs, I only count different versions. Like for "Suffer the Children," I both versions are their own thing. "Mother's Talk," U.S. and album are their own thing. I believe album and re-recording are their own thing. And then "Pale Shelter," you don't give me love an album version. They're... So, so one seventeen is your own number. Yes. <laughs> okay. like, so, for personal reasons, they have one hundred and seventeen songs. Anyway, once again, I've cut you off. I'll but shut yeah, up. I um, I won't lie. The song really, to me, doesn't pick up until they, you get to that last shout chorus before the instrumental break, where the when the organ kicks up. You I know, agree. It, it's just a, it's just a little bit of a slow start to me, but it's it's good. It's still really good. And I, speaking of starts, I sent you a performance they did on British TV in mid to late eight, and like before the song came out, they mimed obviously because this is British TV in the eighties. Yeah, and it was an early version of it, and it had the intro. Yes, it did. With like guitar and like yep. program drums, and then 
when you got to the instrumental break, it had those weird gibberish vocals from all the remixes on there too. Yeah. I noticed and that. It's a pretty just random, unexplained version of Shout that never came out on anything, like not even a box set, like as like a demo or early mix. So that's unique. Let's look up on YouTube. It was from the Rock Pop Music Hall. Mm-hmm. Listeners, if you guys want to go check that out. But um after like that part picks up and you get the chorus where like the drums come in really loud. With the fills, like I said, the Chris Hughes fills are really where the yeah. song picks up, and you got the backing vocals from Sandy McLelland, McLeland. I think it's McLelland. McLelland, and um, you know, from that point on, it's fantastic. And yeah. the guitar solo is the best part. Not insanely complex, but I think the fact that it's so melodic is what makes it work. Exactly. Because in my opinion, Shout's a song that doesn't have a lot of melody. Certainly. I mean, there's the keyboard melodies with the, uh, I think it's an F, G, C, D, F, G, B flat. I think that's the melody that it plays. Mm -hmm. Could be wrong. My music memory might be putting me off, but that's like the main melody of the song. But the guitar solo, to me, makes the song feel very Scottish. Almost like giving it like a bag. Like it's like I think that guitar solo could be played on a bagpipe. Certainly. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, yeah. And um it's a genuinely fantastic, brilliant song that deserves all the fame it gets, in my opinion, is the best hit from this album between the three of them. Yeah, I might agree with you there. Um you know, songs a big chair. It has those three big singles, and they're all really like uh, four, I guess. Well, five singles, but the three biggies. Yeah. Um, all good, but Shout, I think, takes the lead. Because there, I mean, there, when you really listen to when you really listen to Shout, there's there's, there's so much going on. Like you, you think it's simple, but it's not. Oh, it's like ridiculously complex. And I love the complexity of it. Yes. So much, and the the guitar solo I, I love it that's my favorite part of the song do you know the, how to play the guitar solo um not really but i, I can teach no. you i'm not i'm not a guitarist yet <laughs> yet you see, i'm i'm an, i'm an amateur i just use my piano skills i just um, know notes and that's it no yeah yeah um but i know the guitar solo uh, i can nice. teach you it's, yeah you play it on a cool. uke don't you yeah it, it's tr- you can you can transpose it to ukulele yes so that's that's really where if ever I have my uke, I just start Play that. playing that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, before I pass the mic off to you, I guess Ooh, I just gotta I gotta give my ranking Ooh, and yeah. highlight my favorite lyric. Crap! I keep forgetting to do that. So, um, my favorite lyric is, "In violent times, you shouldn't have to sell your soul." Well, you just took brilliant. mine. <laughs> That's brilliant, and I'd be stupid to give the song anything but a five out of five. Exactly. All right, giving yeah. the mic to you. Yeah, sorry, I thought I already had the mic. Anyway, <laughs> that's my bad. Um, yeah. So, uh, to reiterate what I said, I love the complexity of it. I love when you really listen to it; it's, it's almost mesmerizing in a way. Hypnotic. Yes, exactly, and I, I just, I love it, and. It, it deserved to be their biggest song. 
of the 80s, in my opinion, at least. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's for sure, for sure. Amazing. You want to know what's not amazing, though? Is that alternative it's, version. Oh, I forgot to bring That's that up. Garbage. Is Absolute that, garbage. Is that the one? Because there's always the whole story that Roland made the song on his birthday. He programmed it in his kitchen. Is that the version he made in his kitchen? Probably. It sounds like he could have made it in his kitchen because it's just really just a synthesizer, um, a lindrum, and that's it. And yeah. him singing. Very yeah. in a weird key and it's just, I don't yeah. know. Big, and I think big shout out, and this has been said before by people that worked on the album for Chris Hughes and Ian Stanley for fleshing this song out. Oh, I agree. They're the ones that gave it all the complexity. Chris yes. Hughes is the one that encouraged them to add the guitars Ian's the one that fleshed it out with all the synths and layered with the organs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So we really have them to thank for giving us the shot that we have now. Yeah, because like in scenes in the big chair, you know, Ian's like, Roland was kind of saying like, oh, I just came up with this song. And then Ian was like, yeah, and like I, I saw all the potential in it. And so, yeah. Shout out to Ian Stanley, you know. And it should be noted, I was on Nigel Dick's website noted film director for tears for fears and he basically when they were shooting mother's talk after that they went to the studio and were working on a song called shout and he basically said in the description on his uh, website for like a picture you've seen the picture kurt sitting down playing bass and rolling stand playing the part they both got those giant headphones on yes yes and, yes. and nigel dick basically just said in the description he said when i heard that my first thought was no way that's going to make any noise in the charts like no way it's going to be a hit <laughs> And when you really think, it's such an unconventional song to like be a hit single. Like that to me feels like an album track, or yeah. like something. But hey, they they pulled it off. They they pulled things off super well. I guess it's their uh, their official entrance into uh, stadium rock. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of favorite lyric, I'd have to say what you said. In violent times, you shouldn't have to sell your soul. Because I mean, that's. Even true to this day, once again. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, I give it. A, I'd even give it a six out of five. <laughs> Breaking the scale. <laughs> it's a top five Tears for Fear song for me. I see. If we're going like best compared to favorites, there is a difference to me. Yes. This is up there one hundred percent for best. Maybe top ten, top five. Certainly. It's up there. Yeah. It's just ridiculously good. Yes. I love it. So you ready to move on to uh, the working hour? Yes, I am. All right. Take us off. So I know I just talked a lot about how good Shout is, but I personally think this song's even better. Interesting. This, this is the best song. I mean, this is top three Tears of Fears all the time. Wow. This is I've I hold this principle that their three best songs are Woman in Chains, Sowing the Seeds of Love, and The Working Hour. That's the principle I hold. Those are all super good. It's really hard to to pin what you think is their best because, like, there's just so many good songs to choose from. Because I'm like, "Rivers of Mercy," "Woman in Chains," "Shout," "Songs of Love," uh, other songs that I can't think of at the moment. "Secret World." Secret World, <laughs> yes, it's a great it's one. Like all these songs, it's like it's hard to choose one to consider their absolute. The pinnacle, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Because in my opinion, they're a band, obviously, you know, I like to think their peak was the Seeds of Love. I like to think of that album as their peak, but I can also argue this being their peak. 
But at the same time, they've always been consistently good. They've never made anything that I could consider, like, as far as albums go. Even my least favorites, like The Hurting or Elemental, I still think they're good. They don't yeah. have anything, like the kids would say, mid. They don't have anything like that. <laughs> There's nothing, I don't even think that's, like, as far as albums go. They don't even have any average albums. They're all good to me. I agree. Like... Which is why, like, I hard time picking like a peak for them because they really didn't like peak and then fall off they've I just been consistently peak good was probably like 85 89 yeah not that not that they're like they're not that the rest was bad like if i had to choose a peak it's somewhere between there i mean look at 85 they're on top of the world you know they're, they're ruling, ruling the world they were ruling the world <laughs> These guys will never rule the world. <laughs> Chart history. <laughs> it's out cereal. Oh my gosh, that's an oldie. I'm going to just quote all your memes on this podcast. Yeah, I think every time you do, I'm just going to repost it on my story. Do it. Me were t- rolling. What he doing? Yeah. <laughs> I cur- look like a bell pepper or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I would explain the story behind that meme right now, but it's, it's not time for that. Basically, I will explain it. Um, I used save um, it, a, save it for later. Okay. Keep them on their toes. Yeah, basically, there was a happy accident oh. in photo restoration. That's all I'll say. I got a meme out of it. <laughs> you can probably figure out what happened. Just, just repost it on your story. Hey guys, check at Tears for Fears. Oh no, this episode's gonna be out. <laughs> I'm like, check his story as if it's gonna be out now. This yeah. This episode comes out in like June. <laughs> yeah, I will be. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> big rain. Okay, big rain. Anyway, the working hour. Working hour. Um. So basically, I think this song is genius. Um, the first time you get to hear the working hour is on in my mind's eye. Right. And it's pretty similar to what you have here. Obviously, it's gonna sound a little different. You tend to change things when you get into the studio. But I think they just made all the right choices with the song between the saxophone, the production choices, the drums, the drumming on the song is fantastic. And I definitely feel like the best part of the song for me is, you know, there's a cosmic beauty when you have the verses. Wow. Like the, these things that I've been told. And then especially with the this day and age section, that's yeah. gorgeous. Wow. Like, because, you know, obviously, you know, this, he, he says, you know, this is working out where you pay by those on my own mistakes, whatever. And then you get like those acoustic guitars, which are like buried in the mix, but they're like clearly there. And like the, the synth is just so dreamy and like loud. Yeah. Like, that's the best part of the song. Right you wonder there. what I love about you what? when it comes to this stuff is. You are so, so good at describing things. <laughs> no, genuinely, and I love it because I think the same things, but you you put it into words, and I appreciate that because <laughs> I, I'm I love details, but I'm horrible at giving them. Yeah, so, I get so you. So thank you for being <laughs> your amazing self. <laughs> thank you, thank Cosmic you. beauty, like wow. I mean, that sums it up, really. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, and hey, you're you're very welcome. I, I mean yeah, it from yeah. the bottom of my heart. <laughs> but um, that part is just, like I said, produced phenomenally. And then 
the lyrics are great. His vocals are like the first thing that really catch my ears because he developed so much as a singer between the hurting to uh, Big Tree. And I think this is the clear example, honestly. Very much so. And then obviously, again, from Big Chair to Sings Alone. Oh, he just, yeah, that's like two different people. Yeah. Honestly, they don't even sound like the same guy. Yeah. Like they genuinely don't to me. Yeah, I have a question for you before you continue. I apologize for cutting you off, but what is the working hour about? Um, I I knew once, but I have forgotten. The working hour. Huh. (sighs) Something about, like, I have no clue. I'm trying to rack my brain. It, It was something like pressure from like the music industry or is that like i'm on i'm on genius right now I say that it deals with kurt and him realizing they had to become a business something that was hard for him to deal with in their early 20s mm. okay so that's kind of right yeah absolutely wow uh, yeah there you go but um i just um find this to be a fantastic piece of music and this, when anyone, like, if there's someone that I know that's going to say, hey, um, put me on some tears for fears. I'm trying to understand what this is all about outside of everybody wants for the world or head over heels or mad world. This is the first song I'm sending. Interesting. Okay. This song, this song gets you thinking. <laughs> Honestly, if, if, I did, if I had to pick a song that if someone was like, send me one of the songs that is not a big, that was not a big hit. I would probably either send them if it okay, so a non single song. My Demons was technically a single, right? Yes. Sh- shoot. Rivers of Mercy. There you go. Anyway, I keep I keep I don't know what's up with me today. I just keep cutting you off. Surprised you haven't like left left the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> History from the big chair. Re- but, reenacts the 1991 breakup. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. That's all I really got for this one. There is an alternate version. There's two. Um, There was the piano version, which was on the original cassette release. Yes. It's nice. It's interesting. It's simple, but it's nice. Yeah. Um, It's kind of dreamy a little bit. It's just pretty atmospheric. Uh, and, it le- and, it, and it leaves you, uh, leaves you hanging. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> it, it, no, it wraps me up in chains, then it ends. <laughs> <But> it's... <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> and then um, there's the uh, Richard Skinner BBC session from 1984, which is just all right. It's very similar. Yeah. To the album version. Yeah, it's pretty pretty close enough. It was a live ra- for being a live radio recording. It's pretty good though. So. What is your favorite line from the song? Uh, this is the working hour. We are paid by those who learn by our mistakes. And what is your rating? Five out of five. But if I could go higher, I would. Go ahead. Six out of five. Nice. <laughs> um, so Break honestly, the scale. <laughs> you, you said all I had to say about the song. I think it's just such a beautiful piece. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's all I can say about it, really, without kind of just running my mouth on forever and ever. Like I did. (laughs) Like, like, TLDR, 
is absolutely beautiful. One thing I'd be interested in hearing, though, is like a single version of that song, maybe. Or maybe if it cuts down the in- the intro, you know, how it's like two minutes of. Yeah. Maybe if that gets cut down a tiny bit. Maybe if it gets cut down in a good way, such as shouted. Yeah, for the 45, right? Yes, I would love to hear maybe that, but I still love the song. There's nothing wrong with it. It's 5 well, out of 5. I, I forgot to send you something. They did cut it down for a TV appearance. Interesting. You'll have to send that to me sometime. Yeah, they were on Wogan, which was one of those good old BBC talk shows back in the day. Interesting. And they, it was like three and a half, four minutes. It worked. It worked. It worked. Now, Hattie Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, because England got I Believe and we didn't, I think the U.S. should have had with a working hour as a single. No, because then they'd have six singles for an eight album, eight song album. That's true, but, you know, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So if I had to choose a favorite lyric, though. Ooh, there's, I mean, there's not many to choose from. Um, but yeah, let me think about for a little second. These things that I've been told can rearrange my world like that. There you go. And what is it? These things that I've been told can rearrange my world like that. In time. Yes. But, but inside time. out. Yeah. That's that, it. That whole line. <sighs> Beautiful. So good. So good. So good. Five out of five. Five out of five. Though, actually, before we move on, one thing I will say <laughs> is um, the first time I listened to songs from the Big Chair in full, I've told you this before, you probably have forgotten. I probably. The first time I heard it in full, I did not like it. Oh. I know, that's really weird to hear coming from me, right? Now, here's the thing. It's because I was expecting every song to be like Rule the World, to be like Head Over Heels, to be like Shout. No, and then you get like I believe in working out and listen. I was like, what is this? Yeah, the, the thing that I like I didn't like it is because it was not what I was expecting. Obviously, I've grown as a person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. My, because I mean that's when I was first getting into Tears of Fears. Right. That, that was before I even checked out the Rule the World compilation. Correct. Yes. So you so, were just trying this album out because you knew a song or two, and then you exactly. Up... Mm-hmm. I do wonder: Do a lot of people have that issue where it's like, oh, why don't all their songs sound like everybody wants for the world and head over heels? You think people I'm are sure a... that the non fans do, which is why they're not fans. Yeah. <laughs> Crap them. Normies, <laughs> normie alert. Speaking of normie alert, we got a song coming up soon that we should talk about. <laughs> Speaking of normie alert, uh, everybody wants to rule the world. No offense to those who enjoy this song. I also heavily enjoy it. Yeah. I was just kind of putting it on blast because it's a uh, rather popular song this time. Yeah, my notes are pretty scathing. I'm really trying to think if I should say them. <laughs> well, here's my only issue with this song is the TikTokification of it. <laughs> that's exactly that's what my notes are about. Um, it's got nothing to do with the song. Though, especially the sped up. Oh, the one that's streaming? Thanks, either, Mercury. Either like, oh, like a sped up version with reverb or a slowed down version with reverb. Shut up. Just play the song as is. I'm slamming my table right now. I can hear that. It's very, those are some passionate slams. <laughs> play the song as is. But yeah. Um, should I take it away? 
Hang on, I got one more thing to say. <laughs> the little baby thing was atrocious. Was it little baby? No. It was little baby. Yes. Oh, okay. The world is vomiting my lasagna right now. Yeah, the world is yours to take <laughs> yeah. by a little baby featuring Tears Shafir's. No, I think it was Tears Shafir's featuring little baby. Horrendous. Absolutely. Anyway. I've always I've considered what their involvement was in that. I've always wondered. Probably they, none. I can it, guarantee. It was sent out in an email <laughs> from their newsletter, so they must have known. Yeah. I think they probably just looked at the phone, said "bloody hell," and then like shut it off. So, so well, yeah, take the mic before I cut you off. All right, <laughs> so going to do it anyway. No, for so, okay. So for some reason, and you know, after the first two songs, we get to this, and for some reason, in regards to this album, I find this song so distracting. Elaborate. I find, don't get me wrong, it's a great song, but it takes me out of this album experience. And it's like I'm listening to the radio or like I'm scrolling through Instagram or something. Okay, I see. That's probably because of it's the over, popularization. It's overexposure. Yes. It's because, like, I, I texted you last night that Songs from the Picture is the most streamed album from 1985. Woohoo! Purely probably because of this song, because doesn't the song have over a billion streams? Yes. Songs and Big Tree has like 1.2 billion streams. Yeah. Probably yeah. solely because of this song, then maybe the other two just a little. Yeah. But um, I've heard this song my whole life, and it's only because it's only now that I'm really starting to get sick of it. Mm-hmm. Oh <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it's been a good what? <laughs> it's been it's been a good 18 years. It's been a good 18 years. I've been hearing the song at least four times a week. Um. <laughs> Because, like, I'm really just not that big of a fan of the song anymore doesn't mean I dislike it. Not at all. I think it's a great song. But I just really wish our generation and, I guess, the millennials before us didn't have such a fetish for this song. Thinking that (laughs) this is what the 80s were like. The 80s were... uh, Listen to the lyrics. The 80s were dark. This is about the war. 80s had a lot of bad things going on, and this exemplifies them. So you're creating this romantic dream of what this time period that you didn't live was like and it's just a completely foggy and misguided idea just because you think the song sounds pretty and it's a cool sounding song doesn't mean anything you're getting the message completely wrong and you're not listening to it you might think this is just some cool little 80s tune but it's just really not i feel like that was a personal attack (laughs) yeah you see because like there's i see like for example on i was on YouTube, what's it called? YouTube Shorts, and there's like those stupid freaking YouTube and TikTok and Instagram accounts of like these people who just like post songs, like songs you can't skip when you're on shuffle, part eighty four. Oh. And, <laughs> and it was that song, but they sync the original over the Series XM artist confidential performance from twenty twenty one. The top comment with like twenty thousand likes was bro, how does he how is he in his seventies and sound the exact same like oh, he's no, not no, in this no, I saw that. I was like, oh <laughs> but yeah, um there's like the top comment on the YouTube video is this song sounds like your last day of high school. What the hell does that even mean? My so, all well, my last one of my last day of high school is gonna sound like pomp and circumstance because I'm gonna be graduating. That's what my last day of high school is going to sound like. Like, the one that also the last day of high school sounds like? It sounds like that one Vitamin C song. Or is it Graduation, Friends Forever, something like that? You know the song I'm talking about, right? 
It was one of those early two thousands one hit wonders. Uh, it was. It was. It, you'd know it if you heard it. Of, I probably would. Um, but yeah. So it it sounds it it's a, such a deceiving song because it sounds so happy. It sounds so upbeat. Uh, part of me wonders <laughs> if that was the intention. It most likely was. Where it does sound like it could be a summer song, but is it about summer? No, it's about more. <laughs> yeah, you know, one headline, why believe it? Holding hands while the walls come tumbling down. There's a room where the light won't find you. Yeah, yeah. So glad we almost made it. <laughs> I mean, what do people actually think? Like, what? Do, how do you sit down and be like, yo, this song's so uplifting? Do you yeah. think it's about, like, wanting to rule the world? Probably. I mean, that's what I thought at first. Like, it's like a motivational bro song? Like, you're not Andrew Tate. Like, you're not ruling anything. <laughs> oh, God. Don't don't, don't bring him into this. Yeah. it's You know, it gets annoying scrolling through my Explore page, and every third video about nostalgia, I just hear, help me make the most of freedom, freedom and the pleasure. pleasure. Nothing Listen, ever lasts I turn down the volume when it gets to that point of the song. That's, you know, that's a hyperbole. I don't. But it's like, I want to. You know? Yeah. It just annoys me, really. It's just because, like, I'll, like, whenever, like, you know, for school, I'll wear a tier shirt to school and be like, everybody wants to rule. I'm like, yep. Yeah, everybody wants to rule the world. Yeah. It's just, I yeah. don't know. It's like they have many popular songs. YouTube statistics show it. Um, Woman in Chains internationally has 80 million views. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. Shout has like 200 million. Head Over Heels is pushing 100 million. Yeah. They have a lot of popular songs, but for some reason, this is our our generation's only Tears for Fears song, you know? Unless you're top tier like we are. And the fellow Gen Z folks that happen to be listening to this podcast. Shout out to the Gen Z that are listening to this podcast. Yeah. So like, but like you also said, so sped up. Like, there's so many sped-up versions. The slowed and reverbed. Just terrible, really. I wonder yeah. how, like, fans of, like, other artists that have this happen, like, feel. Like, for artists who are actually one-hit wonders, that just have, like, one song. Like, like Aha? Like, Aha. I hear something. Aha aren't a one-hit wonder to me because they had at least, like... Well, yeah, that's to us, though. It's to others. Yeah, that's right. Because I'm thinking of, like... The train of thought in like Manhattan skyline yeah. and like those songs. But yeah, you you talk to anyone else and be like, talk, "What's an aha?" You'll say, an aha. "Take on me." They'll say, "Oh, okay," and that's it. That's the end yeah. of that. Another one, Rick Astley. He's not a one hit oh, wonder. Yeah. He had "She Wants to Dance at Me," "Together Forever," "Whenever You yeah. Need Somebody." Um, but I just really hope they don't fall into that. And it looks like they might fall into that. Unfortunately, hole. they might. They. Might, unfortunately, but at the same time, I'm hearing the song less and less. And there are more young people that are going to the concerts or seeing them live. They're listening to the music more. Yes. So there's a shift. And if anything, it's exposure to the band, you know? Yeah, for sure. Because, like, you know, people ask me, what's my favorite band? I'm like, Tears Your Fears. I'm like, oh, okay, but I want through the world. I'm like, yeah, there's more. You're like, no, there's not. I'm like, that's all. And like, I've had I've had people with a straight face tell me, oh, that's all they had. I'm like, Bro. Who the hell are you? I'm like, who the hell are you to speak? 
<laughs> like, yeah. seriously. But, um, <laughs> all being said, I'm gonna give the song a five out of five. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so, uh, I obviously... feel like I can't, you know? I feel like I can't no. give it anything but a five out of five. For sure. Now, what's your favorite lyric? Um, nothing ever lasts forever. <sighs> yeah, I, I just know like that the song becoming well. a just, just like the song being a TikTok trend. Nothing right? ever lasts. Hey, me. man, just just whenever whenever you're feeling so en- enraged and annoyed by it, just remember it won't last. <laughs> they said ever it themselves. For, they said it, so the guys in the song said it. Um, that, ha- that happens to be the most popular line of the song right now. <laughs> so, you know. Um, yeah. originally, I said a lot. Sorry. You did say a lot. No, yeah. I mean, we're already at fifty-five minutes, and we still have to talk about Mother's Talk. There's, so I'm gonna say this right here and right now. This episode is gonna be side A of the album. Next episode, next week, will be side B. Okay, yes. I'm establishing that now, so that I don't have to do two separate episodes when I'm ending. So then, yeah, side A. Is this episode, and then I guess side B, since I guess there's less to say about those songs, unfortunately, compared to these. These are some heavy hitters in side A. We'll also just talk about like our general feelings and thoughts on the album, like why it's important in our lives, like what it means, like the cultural impact and like musical legacy of it. And when I will talk about that stuff, yeah, yeah. And that. this yeah. one, however, no, we're <laughs> no. gonna we're gonna cut it off after Mother's Talk, so yeah. <laughs> um. This obviously was. I didn't ask you. I'm gonna ask you anyway. I know the answer. Hey, what was the first song you heard from Songs for the Picture? G. <laughs> I wonder what was the first song I heard from Songs from the Picture. Well, tell the listeners. They might not know. It would be everybody wants to the world. Awesome. Yeah. You should ask me for the sake of the listeners. <laughs> hey, um. What was the first song you heard from Songs in the Picture? Well, you know, everybody <laughs> wants to rule the world. Oh, really? Yeah. Was yeah. that on TikTok by any chance, or was that before shut, that happened? Shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was 2019. 2019. Uh, oh, probably sooner, but from what I can remember, 2019. Everyone's heard this song, whether they know it or not. Like, I'll see, like, those YouTube reaction channels that be like, first time hearing everybody wants to rule the world. I'm like, that's not true. <laughs> like there's no way you're like 37 and hearing it for the first time like, ever. Like it was really, it's like in so many movies, it was in the Fidelity Investments commercial from a few years ago. Uh, yeah, so like it gets around. Um. So yeah, I think it's a good song. I'm personally starting to get a little burnout from it, but I'm sure starting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, you you had 15 years more of experience with me, okay? You have reason to be burnt out by now. But for me, it's starting. Um, I still like it, though. I mean, it's super iconic. You can't go wrong. It's a crowd favorite, you know? Um, in terms of, like, the, you know, song aspect of it and not the social aspect, you didn't talk about the music at all. No, I'll um, leave that up to you. Okay. Um, <laughs> even though I'm terrible at describing, sure. It's it's very poppy and I like it. It works. Yeah, yeah. It works. Definitely. I do I would also like to point out um the uh drum programming. It's not a sample, but I think it was programmed on the same rhythm track as Waterfront by Simple Minds. I have not heard that song. Yeah, they're 
eerily similar. And I think, honestly, they should have a writing credit on it. But that's besides the point. Um, now, if I... My, my favorite part of the song... Probably the guitar solo at the end. Oh, yeah. Neil, Neil freaking Taylor. Poor Something guy. I love. And like, I actually got the idea from you. It was like... Now, whenever I hear the song, you know, at the end when it goes, it does that cymbal crash. I was yeah, like, like they do in the video. Yeah, exactly. That. And at the concerts, I did that too. So, um, five out of five. Yeah. I just wish it wasn't so colonized. <laughs> yeah. Um, favorite lyric. Ooh. Ah. I don't want to say it, but I have to. Um, help me make the most of freedom and, and of pleasure. Nothing ever lasts forever. I'm so mad that I said that because, you know, it's like the popular line right now. Mm-hmm. But I won't gatekeep. Who am I to gatekeep? It's tears for fears. Like, I'm no god. Right. I can't gatekeep a band. Yeah. Just because I have a podcast. <laughs> it doesn't give me the right to do that. So, yeah, good song. Moving on to Mother Shock. <laughs> let's move on before we get mad yeah <laughs> before we anger ourselves you can take the lead on that um so to contradict myself in the singles episode i claimed that the u.s remix was my preferred version yes you did this is my preferred version ah. um fake news i, I just think this version is I guess to use a pretty weak adjective cooler <laughs> you know like I think this version is a bit more I was going to use another weak adjective hip and um, definitely 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 more complex without a doubt more complex um, you know in context to this album it's one of my least favorites, but go show you how good the sound is if the song like this is one of my least favorites. Um, it packs a heavy punch, definitely. Definitely packs a heavy yeah, punch. Yeah, it is kind of bombastic in it's, a way. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, because I guess like the whole My Futures are all the change in weather. That's the chorus, isn't it? Yes. I guess that's the chorus. Yeah. But when it gets repeated after the... Uh, Wake me up when things get started part and you get to those choruses again and again and they just keep building up with intensity. There's more fills, there's more those orchestra hits. The orchestra hits on this are also better, in my opinion, than the Frick. ones. Frick, I was gonna say the... something about Ruler World, but I got so caught up in <laughs> my anger towards TikTok that I forgot to say one thing. Alright, what's up? Initially, two things. Initially it was gonna be called Everybody Wants to Go to War. Yes. But then, was it Chris? He was like, you guys are changing. So then they did it. But then some other guy was like, hey, you stole the line for my song. I don't remember who. You might. Some know. other guy was Joe Strummer from The Clash. <laughs> <laughs> some other guy is one of the most renowned musicians in the new wave history and Look, punk history. Look, I'm not as well-versed as you are. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Um basically Roland and ran into him or he ran into Roland and he like confronted Roland and Roland just gave him like a fiver. Yeah. <laughs> and then just sent him on his way and that was it. Which is a very Roland thing to do. 
Now, the other thing I was going to bring up is that I don't remember what year. I want to say it was, like, late 80s slash very early 90s. That song actually got banned from radio play. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? How the hell did I know that and you didn't? I it, didn't? It got banned because people finally realized the meaning, and it was considered controversial. And I think it was only in the UK or some country. I'm pretty sure it was not the US. All I know is that it was overseas from us. And for a brief moment, it got banned from radio play because it was controversial. The hell did you read that? I do not remember. <laughs> I want to say Wikipedia, but I don't think it's on Wikipedia. It's first I've heard that. I could also be pulling that out of my ass. So I, <laughs> I don't think I am, though. I don't think I am. Anyway, Mother's Talk. Continue. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, this is my preferred version. Um, like I said, bombastic. It's like a drum explosion, really. Really, yeah, that's how I see it. I agree. Um, and this is like head over heels with broken. If Mother's Talk doesn't have its drumulator filled outro, then it's not Mother's Talk. <laughs> so if it just cuts off at the end with that last guitar hit and it doesn't go into it, it's not Mother's Talk, respectfully. Um, but who am I to decide what a song is and what is it? Aha! Uh-huh. It, it was on Wikipedia. Oh, wow. Everybody, in quotes, Everybody Wants to Rule the World was banned for broadcast by the BBC for the duration of the first Gulf War, August 2nd, 1990 to February 28th, 1991, due to the song's political themes. So I was right! Woohoo! I guess that's true because after 9-11 happened, in the U.S., the John Lennon song "Imagine" was banned from radio. They wouldn't play it for years. Man, people will be tripping. Yeah. Back to Mother's Talk. Back to Mother's Talk. <laughs> um, I'd scored a four point five out of five, honestly. Okay. And I should note, um, there is a first unreleased version of the song produced by Jeremy Green. Who I think produced like a lot of the two tone artists at the time. Maybe he, I think he produced like Fun Boy Three or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he basically did one song with them. They didn't like it because apparently it was sort of like in the vein of the way you are. Interesting. And they were like, Mm-mm. so they got in touch with Chris Hughes again, and they started songs with Picture and whatnot. So um, awesome. this Jeremy Green version. Has yet to be released. Wow. Um, no one's like in the general public has heard it. It's never been any reissues, nothing like that. Um, since we are getting the two Mike Howlett versions of Watch Me Bleed and Mad World on the Hurting Blu-ray, maybe Super Deluxe Edition can whip up another Songs in the Big Show Blu-ray. Maybe Stephen will, because there's already is one from mm-hmm. 2014. Maybe Stephen Wills can do like an Atmos mix of it or something. And we can get another Blu-ray, and they can maybe dig that one up from the archives and stick it on there, because I'd love to hear it, you know? Yeah. I'd love to hear that. That'd be really interesting. What is your favorite uh, line? Um, Following the footsteps of a soldier girl, it's time to put your clothes on and to face the world. Interesting, okay. Yeah, just wacky. So, but... unfortunately, I don't have a whole lot to say about this song. You said it for me. So that saves some time. It's a bit crazy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
If I had to choose a least favorite from Songs in the Big Chair, mm, I think it would be this one. Here's the thing. I, I like every single song. This album is a 10 out of 10 for me as a whole. Um, but if I had to choose a least favorite, it would be Mother's Talk. How about you? Fair. It's fair. My least favorite is I Believe. And what is your favorite? Working Hour? Yes. Mine is Hit Over Heels. Let me know. Uh, duh. <laughs> duh. <laughs> um... Yeah, I don't have really anything to add on to what you said. If I had to rate it, even though I give the album 10 out of 10, I think this is the only song that would be a 4.5 for me. Maybe I believe also, but 4.5, maybe 4.7 if I'm throwing out a pitchfork rating. Um, and then my favorite line is, wake me up when things get started, when everything starts to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you have anything else to say? No, not really. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, me neither. So, we'll 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 have a better sign off to the album in part two, which you will hear next week, in which we talk about, I believe, broken head over heels slash broken. I guess if we're being technical, and listen. Yep. Yeah. Um, I guess I should point out uh, a couple things. There is an early instrumental mix on the box. It's nothing much. Not really, no. Not really at all. And then Everybody Wants for the World, there's an alternate single version with the horns. Just disposable shit. Terrible. Just throw it oh. in the dumpster. No! <laughs> we had two swear words. Does that mean we're explicit now? I don't know. No, it's okay. Are you sure? Cut that out. No, I'll keep it in. I don't know. You can do what you want with it. But, um, I'll keep it in for the humor. He said yeah, a bad just, word, you guys. Just awful. Terrible. What were they thinking? Disposable bad. Deplorable. Okay, okay, we get it. Mr. I Lynch. just... Why is it... Who thought that was passable as a good decision? You're gonna offend my dad because he really likes the ah dun, 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 dun. like he he likes it a lot. You see, they're not a band that makes a lot of poor decisions with their music. That's a poor decision. Oh, opinions are opinions. Well, I'm stating mine, so it's okay. <laughs> and then and then if you freaking own the Massey Hall album, they do it on there, and they do it on the eighty nine ninety tour, and it's inescapable. They thankfully dropped it. They realized just how bad it was. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, I'll humor you. <laughs> if, yeah, if you really want to know what gets my gears grinding, it's throwing freaking horns and everybody wants to rule the world. I think we gathered, Brendan. Show that one gathered. to the TikTok audience. They'll never listen to that song again. Oh, be nice. <laughs> that is all we have for today. If you listen to the end, thank you very much. As always, we appreciate your support. I'll uh, try posting on Facebook more. Please do. <laughs> um, if you don't already, go ahead and follow us on Facebook and uh, History from the Big Chair and then Twitter at HFTBC underscore pod for more updates. And then sometimes I do some interactive things on Twitter. I'm going to try to do some more of those. Um, try to think. Oh, and then, of course, if you don't, uh, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at History from the Big Chair. That's where all the cool stuff happens. 
Yes, that's where the picture merchandise get posted. That's where the pictures of the band, the fun facts, the throwbacks, everything, the, so- the song reviews. Yeah, um, that's all I've got to plug in. I guess go ahead and follow at Tears for Fears dot Swag for some good. Top tier funny memes. Yeah, by that I mean scroll back and look through my stuff because I don't post anymore. You do post, or at least you're starting to again. But yeah, yeah. go ahead and check him out. He's got some good, good, good stuff. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a uh, burnt out high school student, so it's kind of hard to post on your tier shifters meme page when you've got finals and projects Summer's and rolling around. yeah, <laughs> double daily posts. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. And follow not me, follow Cherry Cola Art for the most enjoyable Tears for Fears fan art around personal opinion, but maybe fact. Um no. and you posted a great Sean. Sean Spencer. Sean Spencer. <laughs> I love from Psych. Psych from I Psych. Love Psych. Uh drawing i thought that was great and of course got a psych fan over here maybe we'll do a whole psych themed episode who knows honestly for- i might unless we like because we we do plan on doing like a tears for fears and pop culture episode so either that gets its own episode which i doubt or it'll get like a whole like 20 minute conversation in an episode i don't know yeah. i don't know I, I i would really love to give it its own episode we'll see Maybe, yeah. maybe. I can see it happening, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. We can work it out. We can work it out. Dun, uh, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, thank you very much for listening. Uh, you can sign us off. Okay, so thanks for listening. Um, whatever platform you may be on, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, MySpace. MySpace? My, we're not doing MySpace? so uh yeah thanks for listening means a lot we appreciate any feedback we can get so if you want to drop a review on any platform feel free to do so if you have any questions for us send one on facebook or instagram you could tweet at us um you could send us an email i don't know if we have an email set up but if you want to send us an email oh we do what's the email it's it's history from the big chair at gmail.com. So there's history from the big chair at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, if you want to request a podcast episode, you can even do that. Yes, yeah, sure. Give us ideas. Give us ideas. Whatever whatever requests you guys have, we might do. I mean, we have a whole gigantic list planned out. Like until next year, I think it'll take us to definitely. Mm-hmm. So we, we've got ideas, but we are absolutely open to yours. Yeah, so, yeah, that's it. Because we're going we're gonna to run out of stuff to talk about at some point. Yeah. Because it's, like it's, Be- yeah. it's not like it's the Beatles where you can just talk about, like, a week in 1965. Yeah. And you get, like, a whole five hours out of it because everything's scarily documented. <laughs> you know? Yes. But, um, Yeah. Thanks a lot for tuning in. This is the fifth time I'm doing the sign off. <laughs> Thanks a lot for tuning in. Uh, it means a lot. So, uh, so long. Take care. And remember to 
sowed the seeds of love.